0: Hey, welcome to the Pass and Control Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. And I got Mike here. Yep. And uh, in this week's episode, we're, we don't know what episode number it is yet. This week we recorded a bunch of episodes, so they're all kind of going up in different order. So this will either end up being 78 or 79. So the intro is irrelevant because the episode title, when it is posted, will be the correct episode title. But it will probably be either 78 or 79.
1: Right, Mike? It's it's a whole lot of information that no one cares about. Because when they click on the episode number, or the episode it will just say the number there. Yeah, but I feel
0: like there should be a little bit of reference to the fact that this might be in episode 78 or it might be in episode 79.
1: If you're listening to this and you don't know what episode number it is already, you're not very smart. You
0: heard it from Mike. We're keeping the intro the way it is. Great. (laughs) But in this week's, or in this episode, because... I don't know what week this is going to come up, and we put up a bunch this week. So mm. I'm going to stop talking about things that don't matter. Definitely. But this <laughs> this episode is uh, another special guest episode with Seth Scott from uh, Perfect Hat Games, or Perfect Hat. And he is one of the two creators of the game Membrane. Uh, it's a fantastic, you know, it really doesn't fall into any specific category. But if I had to really kind of describe it to you, it's a puzzle platformer. With you know, creative puzzle solving in a sense that there isn't one way to complete the level. You kind of can complete it however you choose. Um, it's really, really different. It's a, it's, it's really just a fun, uh, you know, kind of change of pace for most of the puzzle platforms you may have played recently or in the past. Um, I would definitely check it out. If if you're hesitant or you're unsure, watch some videos of it because videos are really gonna help. Sell what it is. Screenshots don't do it justice because the art style in the in the music really set up this this atmosphere and ambiance that can't be translated well through just a, a still shot of the game. So check that game out. Um, it's available exclusively on the Nintendo Switch for 9.99 on the eShop, um, but highly highly recommended. It. It's definitely one of those indie gems that you know you may have missed or may not have known about. So I would I would definitely check it out if you're a Switch owner looking for for something to fall into that category, something to fit, fix that itch. A couple of housekeeping things, and then we'll we'll steamroll right along, get into the episode with Seth. But uh, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, please check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty. And when you do head down there, let them know that Past the Controller sent you. And... Uh, Every third Wednesday of the month, we host Jackbox Party Night at Bit Bar in Salem, um, and that is coming up on the 21st of March. Uh, if you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area, and you want to come hang out with us, play some funny games, and drink some delicious beer, Jack's Abbey is also going to be sponsoring this event this time with us. Um, so there'll be some giveaways, there'll be some delicious uh, craft lagas from our friends at Jack's Abbey in Framingham. And uh, it'll be a good time. And if you can't make it, we're sad to hear that. But you can check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Controller and play along with us from wherever you are. Um, And last thing I promise, well, before I plug all the social media stuff. I know, Mike, I know. Long intro. I don't like doing it either, but I got to do it. Um, Thursday, April 5th, keep your calendar clear because we will be hosting a party at PAX at City Tap. In Boston, with Jack's Abbey, with Springdale, with Blizzard, with Boston Uprising, and a few other things. We have giveaways. We have great, delicious beer, eight different taps from Jack's Abbey and Springdale. City Tap was gracious enough to allow us to host this there. Fantastic establishment. It's going to be packed. It's going to be busy. It's going to be a good time. There's no cover charge, but it's going to be busy, so plan on getting there a little bit early. It starts at 7, ends at 10. But the party will be going before and after that. Um, but the official party will be going on between seven and ten. So come hang out with us. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be delicious beer, and the you know fine folks at City Tap are going to take care of everyone. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Mike should be a good time. Should be a, a good little little bonus from uh, the pack show floor.
1: And remember if uh you're not thoroughly entertained, you can take it up with Brendan you can find him there and just uh just start hitting him. all my own
0: my goal isn't to entertain anybody Mike I'm just providing a venue I'm providing a uh a uh you know
1: i i i I'm, I'm basically i am I'm
0: bringing you and the crew I
1: never agreed to being there okay Mike all right. you're not gonna come now all of a sudden i i've got i you said to keep your calendar free my calendar is free and it's remaining free. <laughs>
0: all right fair enough but yeah it should be a good time so come out come on down if you're able to make it you know even if you're not at pax if you want to wait in line to get into the bar and hang out with us we will be there from seven to ten um and last but not least as always you can find us on the internet at pastthecontroller.io on Instagram and Twitter at PassController and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. And you can find me at Big Room. And you can find this guy, Mike at underscore Mycopath. And enjoy this week's episode, episode either 78 or 79 with Seth Escott from Membrane. Like that, Mike. What did I do now? <laughs> nope. Just... My- Mike's always very judgmental in the way he looks at me. He doesn't have to say much. He just he <laughs> he, he gives me this glare, and I know that it means he's judging me. Um, but tonight's episode of the
1: podcast, Mike, we have a special guest, and I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I know you're excited. So you're not excited. <laughs> I you have to, you have to wake up pretty early in the morning to excite me, Mike. He can hear us right now. <laughs> you heard me say that pretty early. I
2: don't know how early you got this morning. <laughs> Wasn't early
0: enough. So, our guest today is Seth S. Scott from Perfect Hat Games. Or is it just Perfect Hat?
2: Uh, perfect Hat,
0: yeah. Perfect Hat. And he is the creator, along with his wife, of Membrane.
1: Okay. Yes, that's right. correct.
0: I, I got all the check marks. I got it all right, Mike. Yeah.
1: <laughs> First try. I was shocked.
0: Nailed it. So, yeah, Seth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of let the listeners know who Seth is.
2: Sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm a game designer, game developer. Um, I uh, grew up in the 80s and 90s and spent my life, you know, playing video games, Nintendo, Sega, arcade, all, this, all, the, all the classic stuff. Um, and uh, kind of always been into art and music, um, as my kind of goals for careers when I was younger and uh, became a teacher, an educator for uh, grade school um, kids and uh, worked in a lot of summer camps and before and after school programs um, and then a couple of years ago decided, uh, stumbled upon this graduate game design program uh, at NYU and it was kind of this perfect fit in a lot of ways, for me, uh, compared to other programs that I had seen, and um, decided to kind of risk it all and move to New York with my wife and uh, um, go all in on uh, on game design and trying to trying to make uh, make games forever for a career.
0: That's pretty crazy. I mean, and that's what you have to do. You, yeah. When you love something or want to pursue something, you you kind of just have to go all in.
2: Yeah. It's um. You know, it's something that. Uh, Both Jess and I kind of, you know, ever since we first met, kind of both really had in common was this goal to try and be creative every day and like do everything we can to have a career in um, kind of something revolving around creativity, whether it's art or music or even education, like something that we felt passionate about and something where we weren't kind of... Able to be creative in our jobs, and so uh, yeah. you know we we had you know we had a, a house and some you know friends and family in Albuquerque, um, and you know I was teaching, which I really loved. Um, the public school system was a little weird, and I kind of ended up having to do stuff that wasn't as uh, enjoyable in terms of like I wasn't getting to do as much teaching, and I kind of got had to do more like tech and kind of uh, administrative stuff, but um, yeah. Yeah, when we kind of uh, saw this program and it was like, wow, this might be the perfect place for me uh, me to take my kind of art and music and um, interest in game design. And I I had been spending my kind of off hours and some of my free time learning some basic programming or working with like Unity or Scratch or uh, Stencil to kind of try and make some weird games in my downtime, um, but it was just hard to really make anything, uh, you know, just to have any time outside of work, because it's, like, when you're doing that stuff on your off hours, it's, it's like, exhausting already, and then yeah, working 40 hours a week, and then... Yeah, yeah,
0: especially when you're you're not getting much out of it, like, monetarily, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean, other than the enjoyment of actually making it.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, exactly, it's just harder to, you know, put... Um, consecutive time into it, and it's like always the thing that, oh yeah, if I can't get to it for a couple weeks, it just gets pushed away and then I, you know, forget what I was where I was at, or something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Um, Cons- consistency is definitely one of the hardest things to maintain.
2: Yeah, it really is.
0: Because really um, I'm, I'm a similar person where I've always been, like a I'm, I'm a creative person, so I've always been either drawing or painting or making music or nice. you know, doing all of this stuff with past the Controller, and I, I totally, like, understand, like, the, the need and want to be doing stuff like that in your free time. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, obviously, unless you're lucky enough to be getting paid to do it, it's it can, you know, take a toll on you, especially when you have other, you know, jobs and, and family and all these other things that, that kind of need to be also taken care of with the same level of, you know, attention.
2: For sure, yeah. It's super, super hard.
0: So I'm curious about so you were with your wife before you guys started making this game and before you, you know, moved to New York obviously. Right. Um so how has that experience been creating this with her? Has it, you know, does that I'm sure that has its plus sides cuz you guys are a team and you know you're in it for more than just the game. Right. But did that also have times where it was not as fun to be working with Someone that you would then be home with afterwards?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, um,
0: it's. Is she going to listen? I'm not going to try. I'm not trying to start a fight here. No, no, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, she's probably definitely going to listen. But, um, you know, we're very open and honest uh, about the good and bad things in life and relationships because it's all, you know, it's all hard for anybody and honesty is the way to go. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's. it's something kind of like I was saying with that we connected on since we were first met and, you know, we've been, uh, you know, doing our own stuff in art or music or whatever. Um, but also we collaborate a lot on uh, art and, uh, you know, we, we have a, a little, a two piece band together that we had, um, oh, nice. back in, we, we were playing a lot more in New Mexico, kind of the last couple years focusing on grad school and game stuff. We haven't played as much, but, um, yeah you know collaboration especially with like a best friend or a partner um is you know it's definitely can be really tough because uh you know you're just around that person all the time and um it has this this extra element of closeness and uh you know that type of that type of stuff which you may not have with you know maybe somebody you just meet at work or through some job but um at the same time it has this other side where like we're so, you know, we have this um, connection and this relationship that allows us to take it, I think, a little farther in, in some ways because we're both so passionate about it and want to, like, go the extra mile and spend that time together and understand, you know, um, sometimes when, especially, like, finishing Membrane and, you know, these last six months, it's just been, like, such a a toll on, you know, our both of us individually, but also our relationship and just, like, trying to get this thing done and make it really great and as good as we possibly can. and something we're really proud of. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, definitely has... Uh, it's tough times, especially, like, um, as, as uh, you know, something that we're counting on to try and help us continue this career and what we're doing. But, um, but no, yeah, it's, it's great, you know. It's uh, like any, any kind of... Uh, partnership you know um making something with somebody can ultimately be really fantastic and a great learning experience so
0: i would definitely agree with that mike who i i would consider a best friend of mine i've known Mm-mm. for a long time I don't, I don't think mike is he's shaking his head right now <laughs> i'm shaking my head to the best friend comment you're
1: free to continue <laughs> your thought <thumb. laughs>
0: mike you're so nice to me i don't know why he does this with me i don't know what compels him to to do this
1: i got a lot of free time i free time on my hands <laughs>
0: Um, so I guess to, to go back to Membrane, yeah. um, you, you were making that game as part of your thesis project for your, your MFA in game design, correct?
2: Yeah, it started as my, uh, my thesis, yep.
0: So, was that always a, a game or a concept or whatever it was in that state, was that always something that you wanted to, like, flush out and create something else out of it, or, or? completely flush it out and release it or did that kind of happen or i guess at what point did that happen
2: yeah you know um when when we first saw this program the mfa program uh uh, the the game design uh program uh you know i wasn't really necessarily planning on going back to school um you know we were just you know going about our, our normal lives in in albuquerque uh new mexico living you know had jobs whatever and um when I saw this thing, it just, like I said earlier, it seemed like the perfect fit in their approach to game design as a fine art instead of necessarily a computer science or something. Um, and so as I was researching the school and kind of talking with them, uh, I knew that the second year of, of the program was focused, uh, a lot of your time and focus is going to be on a thesis project or a thesis game. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I I knew even then that that, like, I was going to make ideally, like, that thesis game, whatever it is, is going to be the thing that, like, when I'm done, I can put out ideally on a console and have it be something that's, like, ideally the stepping stone to our next big thing. Because, like, you know, how often do you have, like, a year to work on a project uh, in... I get like the real world or whatever when you have a job and all these other things. like usually you can't just put all that time into trying to make something. Um, you know obviously, you could work on something for a year in your free time, but like I, yeah you know I had the ability to you know uh, really put myself and, and everything into this game. and um, you know, I knew that my uh, ultimate goal was to like release it on a Nintendo console, um, even back then and
0: uh oh that's that's pretty crazy
2: um yeah so it kind of we always knew it was gonna hopefully be the thing that we could put our name on and kind of get out there and and you know who knows still where you know it's gonna end up and kind of take us but uh yeah you know we ended up at least getting it out there and basically you know completing it and um yeah
0: i mean getting it on the switch. In in its own right is is pretty amazing that you were able to get it onto you know a Nintendo console, especially growing up on Nintendo. I'm sure that was something that you were hoping to do.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, um, it's been it's awesome.
0: But especially with the state of the Switch right now and just how well it's selling and games are selling and mm-hmm. indie titles are selling, that's it's got to be a great place for your game to live right now.
2: Yeah. You know, I I I feel like it's a. I mean, the Switch right now is is a fantastic console, you know. Uh, I couldn't be happier as both a fan uh, and a developer, and there's just... It's been an unbelievable first year for it, which is great, you know, especially because, you know, the last couple years, you know, it seems like Nintendo, their, you know, the Wii U and stuff was kind of in flux. and Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as a fan, it's it's fantastic, and, like, it seems like they're going to... Even this second year is going to be just as almost as good as last year, and that's awesome. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's awesome to see the the indie support and the amount of really great indie games that are coming to the console. Um, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, one of those things too. Is just the amount of games and awesome uh, titles coming out. It does in in reality make it you know uh, hard to kind of break through and have, especially as you know somebody that's you know relatively new i guess in the the games community as on a whole level is uh yeah it can make it hard for us to get coverage or to get noticed or for people to you know take a chance on the game but um you know it's uh it's something that i think will just continue to to hopefully snowball a little bit and more and more people maybe hear about it and and try it out um i
0: i definitely think it's going that way i mean just Just looking around the internet, you know, I I see it pop up on, you know, Kotaku, uh, Polygon, and, you know, Nintendo Life, and all these other, you know, outlets. So that's, I mean, that's really fantastic for, you know, essentially a two-team studio putting out their first, you know, retail, you know, large-scale game. That's, I I would chalk that up as a win. Yeah. Um, Is there... I mean, and obviously, if you can't answer questions like this, you know, don't feel obligated or whatever, whatever, but is there plans to ever ever release release Membrane membrane on Steam or maybe another console?
2: Yeah, um, you know, we definitely uh, wanted to, you know, part of the reasoning for focusing on one console at at launch was, um, you know, just being the two of us and, and working on, kind of a development hardware for the first time, we really wanted to... We knew we weren't going to be able to um, hit our kind of internal release window uh, of early this year, you know, last month, if we were, you know, working on multiple consoles or kind of multiple um, uh, multiple like, things to release it on. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so we were like, well, once once last year we kind of got all the the Switch and Nintendo stuff in order with them and all that, we were like, okay, we're just going to you know, really focus on this and um, make it work good with the hardware and have that be our initial launch and hopefully, you know, it can maybe kind of gain a little traction as a, you know, a small indie Nintendo exclusive, but uh, we definitely (laughs) have uh, plans to bring it to PC, Mac or Steam or something like that in in the near future. You know, I definitely want as many people to play it as possible and I know that Steam is just... uh, I mean, there's millions of games on there, but it's a way that a lot of people uh, prefer to play games nowadays. Um, And, you know, if we can release it on, you know, PS4 or Sony console or or Microsoft Xbox or something, we would love to do that. Um, That opportunity hasn't presented itself yet, but, um, you know, if it does, we would definitely uh, love to go down that road. Yeah,
0: I mean, at the end of the day, unless Nintendo is shelling out to keep this game on Switch, I mean, it would behoove you to not put it everywhere you can
2: right yeah yeah we definitely want to you know get as many people playing as possible and um, yeah we'll see I think it's you know we've just been get you know focusing on this launch and then the last couple weeks just doing a lot of outreach to to media and press stuff and then also working on uh, small patches and and, uh, you know we haven't it's been great we did a lot of work and uh, you know haven't had any like big game breaking bugs or anything which is awesome Um,
0: yeah that's always a good feeling
2: yeah you know and so we have a couple little patches uh one that's already on the system now but uh, a couple other little ones and um we're hoping to to release in europe and australia at the end of this month on uh, on the switch as well
0: nice that'll be fantastic yeah i feel like so we go to we go to pax east every year um and i don't know if you've ever had the chance to go to any of the pax events
2: uh, I haven't actually no i've uh I haven't had a chance to
0: they're they're pretty fantastic if you i mean Pax East is in a few weeks, so it's right. a little last minute but if you ever get the chance to go to any of them, they're always like a fantastic time but they usually have a a nice section you know dedicated to indie developers right and and last year they had a a whole section that was indie developers from Australia
2: okay and
0: it seems like Australia right now is kind of going through this period where there's a lot of you know small development teams that are kind of all not working together but
2: Mm. it's
0: like if we all succeed like if if one of us succeeds then we can all help you know more people see Australian indie games so I feel like there's like a there's a big push for indie games in Australia right now so getting Membrane out in Australia would, would probably do really well for you.
2: Nice that's good to know um yeah I uh would love to go to Pax we almost were going to try and go this year um, as well to uh, g d c and stuff we just weren't able to afford it but uh, definitely yeah. it's on my on my to do list for sure uh hopefully in the next year or two um, but that's awesome to hear about australia too i'm I'm excited to uh yeah just to get it out there and you know hopefully people will enjoy it
0: I, I mean, I honestly wouldn't be, just from my experience with the game, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I see Membrane popping up on lists of, uh, you know, kind of hidden gems on the Switch that, you know, maybe people didn't see or overlooked right. or whatever. Because the, the thing that I kind of noticed as I was, you know, going through some stuff online today, yeah. you know, about Membrane is that after playing it as, as much as I have already yeah and enjoying it, it's very hard to, like, screenshots do not do membrane justice.
2: Right, yeah. No, I've like, <laughs> been noticing that for sure. <laughs> Which
0: isn't isn't a, I mean, not to say that it, the game looks bad or, or whatever, but...
2: No, yeah, the, it's totally, you're totally right on, though. It's exactly, it's true. It's
0: such an experience. Like, I, I primarily play it in handheld mode, and I play it almost every night when I go to bed. Nice. Um, but it's like, it's just such a, it's like, relaxing but chaotic like it's yeah. like it's fun to kind of like solve the puzzles and like the atmosphere and the uh, you know the art style and the music it all just blends so well together that it's like it it's it's just, it's a really good game like i, I I'm, thanks man when i go back to it every night or every other night it, i'm reminded again of like how great a game it is and you know, I really want to help get the word out because I think I th- I really do think it's it's a game that people deserve to to know about and deserve to play.
2: Thanks, man. That means a lot. I appreciate uh, appreciate those kind words, and I'm glad that you know that's coming across to you. And um, yeah, you know, I have I've seen uh, you know various reactions online from people, and I think that you know I've seen uh, you know people being turned off just from screenshots of it, and then also some people saying, yeah, like you know, you gotta play it in the screenshots, don't really do it justice, and, um, you know, yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, besides just a screenshot thing, I've I've seen this other uh, thing happen from time to time where I think the uh, the guys on the Polygon uh, Besties podcast were, like, talking about it, and they couldn't really, like, say what kind of game it was, or they were having trouble, like, describing it, and, uh, you know, it's, in one, in one way, I'm, like, super, I've, I've seen it happen once or twice, and it's, like, I'm really happy that people are like, oh, it's this weird thing that I've kind of never played before, or, like, it's a little different, I can't really sum it up, Um, and that's, like, great, because I was, you know, obviously everyone, like, wants to try and make something that feels fresh and new to people, Um, but at the same time, it's, like, this weird thing where maybe, you know, uh, it's harder for people to just be like, oh, that's a, you know, some people just, like, love playing RTS strategy games or something, and they're like, oh, if they hear that there's a RTS game, they'll just buy it. Or if there's a, you know, puzzle platform, they'll just buy it no matter what. And so I think yeah. it also has a converse effect where it's like, what kind of game is this? I don't really know. Is it a puzzle game or is this? And, like, it's this interesting balance to try and find where you're, you know, appealing to people because they like this thing or these types of games, um, which mm-hmm. totally makes sense and is legit. And it's like... You know, if somebody is like, oh, this is a game that's kind of like Animal Crossing or something, I'm like, okay, cool, I'll try it. <laughs> like, I'll just give it a shot yeah. because I like weird games like that or something. And, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting balance to try and find that sweet spot where people are intrigued and, and think it's new enough to, like, really enjoy it, but also it's something that they feel comfortable with and something they want to, um, that they don't feel like is too weird or out there for them.
0: Yeah, well, I, th- I think I think the space right now that I see membrane falling into, which yeah. I th- I, which I think is a, is a good space, is that because there's, it's hard to for a lot of people to maybe pinpoint what it feels like or what the game is. Yeah. That you get all of these all of these comparisons, so you have people, you know, like comparing it to this game, and then some of the people are comparing it to this game. So then right. potentially you have. You know all of these different audiences that are like, well, I like these types of games, so let me try it out. Um, oh, that's
2: or, that's a cool that's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah.
0: I mean, you could get lucky, and it could you know it could spawn spawn like a separate little subgenre, and then people <laughs> yeah. and then people are making you know membrane like games.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true for sure.
0: When I when I was trying to, to figure out what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. It it really it there isn't a single game that would that I would use to describe it. Like I can pick out elements like it feels a little bit like Super Meat Boy to me, where mm-hmm. you know there's challenge. It's a single room, right. but there's you know there's collectibles, mm-hmm. but there's no there's no really puzzle mechanics in Super Meat Boy at least not in the sense that right. membrane has. Right. Um But when I was trying to like pinpoint the physics based and the puzzle mechanics i really couldn't like really pin down a game that felt like that so i mean hats off to you like in all seriousness it's it really is i I, i'm telling you as the year progresses and more people get their hands on this i really wouldn't be surprised if it starts showing up on lists of you know games you missed on the switch that you need to play
2: thanks man yeah i mean i hope that i definitely hope that happens and uh you know it's great to it's great to just hear people enjoy it or you know even in find faults within it and just like you know have feedback or have critique and ultimately like just getting it out there and having people play it has kind of been the best uh, the best thing I could imagine and just seeing people play and struggle and figure it out and learn and and uh, you know um, you know work through the game is has been awesome to see it's really great yeah
0: well when i I was watching your video um, that was basically showing like three different people that were playing the same part mm. of each level yeah. and how they all pretty much did it differently. Right. Like, th- games that can do that, I feel like, are not, not only an untapped market, but I feel like right. it's, a, it's also like the type of game that is really popular right, right. now. Yeah, But yeah. not a lot of people are doing that. Or doing it well, or doing it right, right. Um, but just that whole breaking that down, and from like a from a game design
2: mm-hmm. aspect,
0: and like how how do you get your mind in that way where you are creating these these you know rooms, these these levels, mm-hmm. and you are trying to get the player to go from point A to point B, and then potentially you know, get one or two of these collectibles. Like, I, I, like when I think about, like, someone making a platformer game and everything's thought out and it's methodical and there's, you know, this is the optimal place to jump and this is this part and, mm-hmm. like, here's a hidden part up here. It's like creating what you're creating where it's open-ended and the player can, can kind of solve it in multiple ways, that's got to be, like... It, even more difficult to, to design.
2: Yeah, um, there was, I mean, there was multiple times throughout devon where I was like, man, this was a bad idea because, like, making a game <laughs> that has, like, first of all, like, weird physics uh, building, like, types of, like, the ability to build, like, weird and kind of wobbly physics structures is a whole, like, yeah. problem in, of itself where it's like... <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. You never know, like, what it's going to happen and there's a lot of tuning and a lot of problems that happen um and then also being like okay well it's not just physics uh there's also this element where like people need to make their own platforms in the simplest of terms or make their own pathways to to, to be a level um yeah you know it's something that was i felt like could be really cool and could have this like nuance to it where you know um You kind of, I think in some ways, like you don't realize as a player necessarily, like that there is these kind of different ways to play it because not all games are like that, you know. Like obviously in games like Super Mario World or something, there's multiple kind of uh, doors you can take to beat each level, and there kind of gives you this element of creativity and how you can find secret stuff. Um, But I don't think players are as used to like playing a game maybe this kind of 2D type of game and uh, being able to have this, you know, having it be designed into the game to allow them to be creative. It's something where you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to sit here and, like, think about this level and think, like, what is the actual way that I have to beat this? Like, what's the one way to beat this level in Braid or something like that? Like, I know I have to do this perfect sequence of events. Um, And so it's interesting to see players playing Membrane because, like, you know, I've seen lots of players through playtesting and and stuff like that, where they're like, what they're like, you know, struggling on a level or something, and they're like, what's just what's the way to beat this level? You know, and I'm like, well, I can show you the way that like one of the couple ways that I like was when I was designing it, I was able to beat it, but ultimately, like, you know, you can kind of, you know, some levels have more options than others in a way, but it's kind of this space that I think is interesting, um, and uh, something I think people appreciate when they kind of realize that and they realize that there's this nuance in, in this creativity that they can do. Um, but something that I think is, yeah, like you said, like this weird kind of area of games that some people aren't necessarily doing. Um, and you know, obviously there's games like Minecraft that have this creative element. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those types of games are a little different because it's like this huge sandbox world and you can kind of, Building is kind of the main thing. Um, yeah. And it's not these kind of smaller, minute-to-minute, like, puzzle interactions that you're trying to solve. It's like, okay, how do I just, like, build a house, which is different than how do I, you know, get a ball up a hill over this weird, wobbly thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's
0: almost similar to, like, the Breath of the Wild, where Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild has, like...
2: Yeah.
0: Clearly there's a goal. But Yeah the way you go about completing that goal is completely up to you. Like, I feel like it's that sort of approach to designing this game. And it, it really, like, the more I'm thinking about it as you're talking right now, I'm like, I can't think of another game, really, that that is doing that. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's it's great. You're the, it's funny, you're the second person since the game's been out that's, like, had a, you know, brought up Breath of the Wild uh, um which is a game that I am absolutely in love with, and like—that's uh, fantastic. <laughs> I, you know, got the Switch day one last year, and was in, you know, finishing grad school then, still working on membrane. And like, when Breath of Wild came out, I was like, wow, this is just all I want to do. Uh, and when I was doing something else, I was thinking about Breath of Wild, and I played it <laughs> like nonstop last March. And then, I literally had to be like, I cannot play this game anymore because I need to like graduate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> finished my MFA program and then finish Membrane. Um, so I, I put it down actually until just recently um, because I kind of was like, I don't want to play it in like little 30-minute bursts once a week. I want to be able to like kind of play it a little more regularly. But um, yeah, yeah the, that game like com- uh, completely inspired a, a Membrane for sure. And like I know that, um, you know, there was elements of that game One thing that I already had in Membrane, which was like you as a player just have two tools. You just have the little red bricks that you can build with and then your kind of Mm -hmm. yellow shards. Um, And I knew I didn't want to have like a Metroidvania type game where you're getting tons of items and like to to beat earlier levels, you need to get this one item and then you can go back and get that one. I knew that I wanted to give you the simple tools at the beginning and then let Mm -hmm. you play through the game with that. And that was what Breath of the Wild did. And so when I... Saw a game like Zelda that's so used to having this like item approach throughout the game that's like slow drip. Um, when I saw them do that in Breath of the Wild, I was like, okay, great. Like it helped me kind of feel confident in my decision in Membrane to mm-hmm. to have that. Um, and secondly, like the puzzle shrines in that game, uh, I thought were just so brilliant and. I think instead of having like seven dungeons that were all focused around one central mechanic, it was like, they're like, okay, let's make like a hundred tiny rooms and we're going to allow our designers to just be creative as they can. And like, yeah, maybe some some of the puzzles like in those shrines are like one-off weird random stuff that you're like never going to do again. But it was fun in that moment. And I was like, oh, that was great. Like I figured it out and... 10 minutes and it was a little bit of a struggle but ultimately like it was pretty easy but I was like that was great to, to play through um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah like it kind of helped me be like alright well I can kind of make these weird little rooms and you know if I have a weird random idea about something that might be fun for the player to do I'm just going to do it and uh, you know kind of have that be the uh, the approach to, to how I kind of finish the last half of development for Membrane was this kind of that game definitely, you know, helped inspire and helped me with my own confidence about what I was already doing. So, yeah, um, yeah.
0: Well, it's yeah. I mean, you you see one of the big guys like Nintendo doing something like that, taking chances and 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 using that similar game design. Right. Then, you know, it's very reassuring that you're you're on the right path.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it was. Uh, I don't know. That game just makes me happy thinking about it, and like the the thing that I really love about it is just the the exploration and and the kind of freedom, like you said, to just have that kind of creativity when you're like, how am I going to just, like, get up to the top of that hill? And you're like, okay, I could, you know, paraglide from that other mountain. I could, you know, ride up on a horse. I could climb up this. I could do whatever. And just those simple kind of giving the player just that simple element of freedom and creativity is, like, just is, I think, really rewarding for players because they feel... Like they have this hand in the game design in a way, um, yeah. And it's it's uh, just feels great as a player when it when it's uh, when it's done.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost like empowering the player because yeah. especially especially nowadays, like so many games, and not not to say that this is a a bad design choice or a flaw with games today, but right. so many games almost feel like they don't trust the gamer where For there's sure. so many menus and tutorials and. Yeah, you know all these things, teaching you or telling you how to play, and not letting you play or explore or figure out how to play. Right. So, you know it's it's, you know, kind of ballsy for the game developer, you know, Mm -hmm. Nintendo with Zelda and and you with Membrane to be like, I'm gonna kind of, here's the physics of how this works, and you can figure it out, and you know it it for me it worked and it was fantastic and it and it gave me you know a feeling that i don't typically get from many games anymore
2: nice.
0: um so it's it was definitely you know a a nice a nice breath of fresh air for lack of a better phrase
2: <laughs> no that's great and uh yeah you know i think that the the thing i love about you know games and game design and and the the medium of games as like an art form is that interactive element that other things don't have um and, you know, you can put on a, a album or put on a movie and, like, yeah, there's a ton that goes into that and lots of different elements of, of design. But, like, it's going to play out. Like, you can walk away and or not get it and the movie is still going to finish. Um, but games has this element where, like, if a player can't figure it out or understand how to do it, like, it's they're going to either quit or they're going to not be able to do it and walk away. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's, like obviously there's this tendency towards hand-holding and tutorializing everything because, yeah, you you know, you want people, if they spend 60 bucks on a game, to be, like, not finicky, like, struggling with finicky controls and you want them to yeah. be able to play your game. But I think, you know, I think it's gone too far into that, like, over-tutorializing stuff because, um, you know, ultimately, like, uh, you just want your players to to hopefully learn on their own and, and feel like they're learning the system. And, you know, some games obviously work better for that than others, but, um, yeah, you know, with membrane, I definitely made very, uh, specific decisions to, you know, not have a ton of text in the game and not have this kind of, um, uh, tutorializing everything and telling you exactly how to use everything and, and trying to design it so that, Yes, I'm, like, guiding you in the first couple levels, uh, the first, like, brain area to, like, what the main tools are and what you kind of need to interact with. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a tricky slope, and it's something that, you know, yeah. I've seen people struggle because, oh, they didn't realize that, you know... Um, I was talking to one guy, and he was a handful of levels in the game, and he didn't realize that he could shoot uh, the yellow triangles. Um, he was past <laughs> the second level where I have a thing that you it's hard to get by if you don't shoot them but like to his own credit like he got past it he like jumped up and over it but he just like you know uh, I don't force you to force you to use them and like he was getting pretty far without them and like it was my fault like as a designer that he you know I didn't kind of guide him but um on the flip I've seen other people like playing on a let's play or something and seeing their just their little kind of uh words that come out or things that they say when they like figure out something or they're struggling with it and they're like what does this do or how do I get up there and then they mm-hmm. figure it out with me being like oh you need to do this specific thing and build below you and go up tall like seeing people genuine like little uh kind of weird reactions to that is like so satisfying and it, I, I think that it makes them more ingrained in the game and, and committed to it because they're like oh I'm learning how I play this game and how i can control it and i'm not just like following a you know a step by step guide where somebody's telling me everything i need to know
0: yeah i and i honestly think like i truly believe that any time a game has that moment where the 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 you know developers are able to convey to the player mm-hmm. how to progress or how to control something or how to do something right. without flat out saying like hey you need to do this um, I I really think that's like a that's like a champion moment for the game designer. I think that's like a like a that that should be recognized more when
1: right. when
0: developers can achieve those moments because you know like we were saying you know in in modern day gaming that that's very few and far between that you see that I mean you look at examples from like you know the first Super Mario Brothers where, where? It doesn't tell you what to do but the way that the the blocks are set up at the beginning you it yeah. almost forces you to jump and hit right. the block and squish the goomba so it's like it kind of in that moment with the way the levels played out forces you to it shows you that you can jump on top of these things
2: yeah um, yeah no it's, it's it's uh yeah it's definitely you know something that inspired me and like you know a lot of that still designed today but a lot of that old school game design stuff is like so spot on and you know there's obviously examples in good and bad, but um, there's a lot of games back then that just like had that element where they're like, "We're going to teach you what you need to know because not everybody's going to read the instruction manual or even have it." Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, you know, I definitely learned a lot from that. And like even in the first level in Membrane, like you can't beat that level unless you jump. That's the only thing that you're required to do to beat it. Mm-hmm. And like it was intentional because I only want you to learn how to jump in that level. Like a lot of players. You know, figure out you can shoot or you can aim. Like, you can do everything you can do in the rest of the game in that first level, but the only thing that's required in that one is to jump uh, over, like, a little ledge. And then in the second level, like, the only thing you have to do to beat it is shoot each of your uh, tools at different points, and that's it. Um, And, uh, you know, every – until I tell you that you – how to aim, like, you can – a lot of players figure it out beforehand, but, like, you can beat every level up until I tell you how to aim without aiming, um, yeah. and like make sure that works and like, um, but yeah, so that definitely influenced my own work and something that, yeah, is, is, uh, awesome to see in these, even in these older games where you're like, wow, like, you know, these games are amazingly put together and they were made like 30 years ago. It's, it's nuts.
0: Yeah. No, it really is crazy. I went to, we, well, we went to, um, the, have you ever gone to the Nintendo store in New York city?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I can't remember the last time we went, and I don't know if it's still there. But it, the last time we went there was like a exhibit there that was like two sided, you know, glassed off so you couldn't touch it. You get too close mm-hmm. to it, but it was like the original like level design on graph paper oh, for like cool. Mario Brothers One, like that was made by Miyamoto and you know a few other people, and it was like in- incredible to look at. I mean, for one, the fact that they. Made these levels on paper, right? Um, yeah, and then too, just just to see the process being done is is remarkable. And and again, like just to to bring it back to membrane, it's a similar type of achievement where it's smart level design teaches the player without actually having to tell the player what to do.
2: Right. Um, yeah, that's man, that's cool. I haven't, uh, I didn't see that. I've been a couple times, and you know, sometimes they change stuff, but uh, that would have been cool to see that actual like sketchpad or whatever. Um that sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty great. It w- it would have been great if to let you flick flip through it, but it was just pages up like framed.
2: Right, yeah.
0: I'm sure those are worth worth a, a pretty penny.
2: Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> for sure. Sounds awesome.
0: So you're a Switch
2: owner. Are you primarily a Switch gamer or are you playing anything else? Um yeah, I have a, i mean I have a PS4 as well. Um that uh, that I play a good amount. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, you know, I, I definitely love playing on my Switch now. It's just, like, so convenient. Uh, feels great, and, like, the portability of it is uh, is awesome. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I also, you know, I just, sounds dumb, but I'm just, like, down to, to play anything, and, you know, love to try and find, uh, you know, anything unique or different that I can try and play. And, um, so I've played some games on, uh, the computer. I'm playing, uh, I've been playing through this game, uh, Chuchel, I think is how it's pronounced by, uh, it's a kind of a point and click comedy adventure, um, by Amanita Design, the people that made Machinarium. Um, okay. I've played
0: Machinarium.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it's their newest game. It just came out recently on PC. So I've been, uh, my wife and I have both been playing through that separately Nice. Um, I'll
0: have to check that out.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's it's uh, it's good so far. Um, what else? Oh, uh, one of my favorite indie developers, Jason Rohr, just came out with his newest game, um, <coughs> One Hour, One Life. Uh, it's tough. It's like a weird kind of multiplayer experiment in civilization kind of thing. It's kind of got like a... Uh, roguelike kind of don't starve vibe but uh, okay uh, you're kind of instead of just doing your own thing you're like in a world with other people um, uh, it's really hard so far and it's, I haven't had enough time to really uh, spend on it to kind of learn the systems of it but i uh, been playing that um Else. like i said i'm getting back into breath of the wild after forcing myself to stop uh to finish membrane but now that i'm done i'm like getting back into it which has been uh fantastic
0: phenomenal yeah i'm I'm jealous i'd love to start it over again
2: yeah it's uh it's so good oh and i the last game that i finished was Gorogoa, um which is a that, really that is
0: sitting on my switch i need to play it
2: nice yeah my uh jess and i both played through it together um like we do with a lot of games but uh man that game is so cool and weird and you know it's one of those things that i look at and i'm like ah like jealous of it because i'm like oh it's such a weird original idea that i haven't seen before and like it's just executed on every level like the art's great the audio uh is phenomenal and like atmospheric um and just the mechanic is like Literally something I've never done before, and it, and it just works well, and it it has the perfect balance where it's just hard enough, but also you know there's like it's confined enough that you can kind of figure it out uh, eventually.
0: Yeah, I mean, not for nothing. I'm thinking about games that I've played or enjoyed in the past few years, and like small development teams and indie developers, like they're making some of the best games in gaming right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: it's it's really like a renaissance period for for gaming where it's like sure there's you know games like Overwatch or Breath of the Wild that are you know right. by these big studios and they're great but there's also so many of these like amazing experiences you know some of them are very short some of them longer right. and they're they're coming from small teams and i i think it's i i think it's you know and not not saying that all the big developers don't have these people but i think it's a lot right. of uh people who are passionate about games Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: want to put that passion into their work where I think a lot of the big studios and not everybody but I think that there are definitely some people that are that are not passionate enough anymore or maybe not there for the passion anymore right Um, so I think you're seeing that as a a gamer I feel like I see that a lot just in what I'm consuming and what I'm deciding to spend my time or money with Um, right you know Granted, I still, we we both, me and Mike, still play Overwatch almost every night, but I also play, you know, not right now I'm playing, splitting my time between Membrane, Stardew Valley,
2: nice.
0: and I just picked up Flint Hook as well, so that's going to also take some of my time. Oh, but it's, yeah, you know, yeah. It, I have all these other amazing experiences that are coming from much smaller teams.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, My I watched Jess play a ton of Stardew Valley this winter. Um and uh, I was, I just like, I don't know, I was never that great at it. And I just like ended up enjoying watching her play more because she just like was just kicking kicking ass at it. Um, yeah. But uh, their, the newest game um, just got, uh, they're like making a magical school kind of game um, by uh, Chucklefish. Uh, and I can't wait for that. They just named, they just, I saw just today online that they actually like uh, gave it a name official name today i'm trying to, remember I'll have to look into I that i have not colors. seen that yeah but it, i mean it looks like uh you know it looks kind of like a stardew ish game but i think it kind of has this uh okay element of um so Witchbrook is what it's called Witchbrook. okay um, that sounds
0: familiar actually i may have i may have seen that at pax last year maybe maybe not i'm not sure
2: yeah it's uh, uh yeah, I don't. I think it's been in obviously like it's. They didn't just announce it today. Like they've been talking about it, um, and uh, I think they just like officially gave it a name. Um, I know that the developer Eric of uh, Stardew Valley has been working on it for a while. I think as as well as with like patching Stardew and adding multiplayer and stuff like I know, that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it looks like a cool game, and like Stardew is just. That game is just so big and huge. Uh, mm-hmm. It's crazy. So for me with
0: Stardew, I always like it was always it always piqued my interest because you brought up Animal Crossing earlier. So like I, I also love Animal Crossing.
1: Yeah.
0: So it always like piqued my interest, but I never gave it a shot. But then once it got announced for Switch, I'm like, well, that's going to be a game I download on Switch because it would fit that system perfectly. Yeah. And yeah. like at first, it took me a little while to get into it because it's. The beginning is a little slow to start. But mm-hmm. Once you like get in the groove, it's it's a problem. I'm like, I go to bed <laughs> yeah. at night. I'm like, I gotta I gotta just check on my farm real quick. I can't just go
1: to bed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. I totally, totally agree. Yeah. It's uh, it was something that I always wanted. I don't play a ton of PC games just because I don't really have the the greatest. Uh, I just have like a Mac laptop for game design stuff, so I don't have the greatest gaming uh, rig or anything. So uh, yeah. I never ended up getting around to playing Stardew, and then yeah, it. Uh, I played it a little bit on with some friends and stuff, but uh, once I once it came to Switch, I got it like day one. I was like, yes, finally. I've been wanting to dive like much deeper into this, and uh, the Switch, yeah, obviously is a perfect console to do that with a gamer. It's like, all right, like you said, it's bedtime. I'll just play this uh, right before bed or in bed, and <laughs> it's great.
0: It really is like ever since last March when I got my Switch, it's like every night when I... When I should be going to bed, I go to bed and it's like, oh, two hours went by and I'm still laying here and my switch is, you know, <laughs> yeah, in my face.
2: Totally, yeah. Oh, it's it's bad.
0: I mean, it's great, but it's also, it's bad.
2: Right. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, we always have this dumb debate and it's not, like, there's there's no reason to it but it became a thing almost every time we have a guest on so now it's like a, it's it's a thing that we have to just bring up okay. so and again i don't even know why this debate started but we we have this we have this weird like and because you're on the east coast it will be a little bit more similar okay. sometimes when we have people from the west coast it's like they have all these fast food places that don't exist over here gotcha um but it really just boils down to who has better fries mcdonald's
2: or burger king Oh man. Um, can I go with Burger King onion rings? Um, I like I like <laughs> the the curveball here. I'm gonna allow it. All right,
0: all right. I don't know the last time I had a Burger King onion ring. I'm not a fan of onion rings. Mike oh, just hates everything. Oh Mike's not a fan of anything.
2: That's man, awesome. fries are so good though. I mean, fries I, are delicious. I don't need like. I don't know if I could pick. It's been a while since I've had either McDonald's or Burger King. Yeah, because, I mean. Me too. Uh, especially, like, you know, we live in, in New York. Um, there obviously is uh, McDonald's and Burger King's around, but they're not, like, uh, the only thing. They're not, like, as prevalent, I feel like, um, because there's just, like, so many other places and so many other little, like, fast food places, but also just restaurants where you can get that type of stuff that I yeah. haven't been to one of those in a while. Um but yeah, fries are the best. I mean that's all I that's
0: all I ever want to eat. It fries are amazing. Mike's like Mike's that guy that goes to any establishment yeah. and doesn't get fries. Dude. Like if we're like if we're out late and it's like, oh crap, like let's grab like Wendy's or something real quick, which by the way, if we have to really rank fast food, I would put Wendy's as number one. But that's just me. Mike disagrees. Mike's a crazy person. Everyone else disagrees with me. Burger King sucks, I'm sorry. Um but <laughs> You know, we, we'll go somewhere like, yeah, let's just grab something real quick. And Mike never gets fries, and I don't get it. It blows my
1: mind. Oh, man, um, yeah. I don't need the fries. Simple as that. All right. Like, I hey, I, you want... know, respect I just want a burger. I just want a burger. If you I end, end up, up with the fries, fries. I probably I won't, won't throw, throw them away, away, but they're not going to be, like, my priority to eat. All right.
2: Uh, well, I'll say this. If you guys ever go to New Mexico... Uh, you should go to Blake's Lotta Burger because it's my favorite fast food restaurant. Uh, they, It's fantastic. And they have uh, seasoned fries. Um, seasoned fries are the best. That I'm are sure. just phenomenal. But uh, What's it called? Blake's what? Blake's Lotta Burger. Lotta Burger. Like L O T A burger, basically. Um,
0: okay. Is it only in New Mexico?
2: I think it's in the Southwest a little bit bit. Okay. I could be wrong. It's definitely, like, it's not a nationwide thing. I'm, I'm pretty positive. Um, I think it might be in some other southwest states, but um, it's, like, everywhere in Albuquerque. It's, you know, it's all over the, the city. Interesting.
0: Uh, so you just inspired me. Now this now that this is, like, becoming a thing, Mike, I'm, I'm going to make a map of all of the places that nice. all of our guests, like, suggest we go to whenever we're in that place
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we're going to just go on a trip and we're just going to do it
1: I have sh- sh- I'm going to gain a lot of weight. Okay, you might I, I like <laughs> to think that I can have some self-control. Like I'm going <laughs> to you have to
0: have the fries at every establishment
1: under no circumstance no, if we're,
0: if we're going to go to New Mexico
1: if you're going to go, go to New place. Mexico. No we're going together <laughs> How did I get roped up into this? Because one of us drives Yeah road everyone, trip Fries, road trip. Fry, fries and road trip. It's done. Oh, boy. It sounds... Sounds awesome. Uh, it sounds unhealthy. I do accept that it sounds awesome. I agree with Seth. I think it sounds awesome.
2: There's also, and not not to, yes. to get your hopes up even more, but the thing about New Mexico is the red and green chili, uh, and it's chili with an E, not an I at the end, unlike other kind of Texas chili or anything like that. And you... Can get like chili cheese fries um, in New Mexico, but it's like green chili or red chili, and it's the best thing on the planet.
0: So, so yeah, I love Mexican food. I like Tex-Mex. I like Mexican food.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, I, that's not, I guess not really either of those things. No, but I like spi- I, I like chilies, like spicy stuff. I like everything.
2: Yeah, Mike, we're Ooh. going
0: to New Mexico. We're gonna go Ooh. eat some red we're and green chili only fries.
1: he likes eating food in general. <laughs> He's well, he's like, you can like Tex-Mex. I like this. This is also not Tex-Mex. It sounds delicious. I want that too. Like,
0: Mike, be when you say a blanket statement like Brennan likes food, that that sounds like hurtful. But if I parse it out, it's like fries are delicious. Mexican yeah.
1: food's delicious. Yeah, I was trying to be hurtful. I, I know. Right. <laughs> but why? Why do you hate me, Mike?
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Look up pictures of this place. Oh, now, oh now you're intrigued. Now I just want going. to see what the food looks like. All right, well,
0: we'll look, we'll look up pictures, up and we're going to enjoy it, it, and then, then your, your mouth's going to mouth water it, And then and what? Then and what? then so what's, what's going to happen?
1: And then I'm going to go I'm home gonna and gonna eat, eat my food, food. at
0: home. That ridiculous, man. Mm. <laughs> you should be embarrassed yourself.
1: Well, Seth, it's <laughs> about that time.
2: All right.
0: So first of all, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day, out of your Breath of the Wild shrine hunting, to <laughs> to spend you know a little bit of your time speaking to us two schmoes up here in Boston. And you're not from New York, so I feel like there's no animosity, so we should be good.
2: Cool, sounds great. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been great talking with you both. I appreciate it. Anything you want to plug? I mean, social media, you know, where
0: people can see um, more about you or Membrane or anything like that. The floor is yours to eat up as much airtime as you want to, to promote yeah, things.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the game's out. Membrane is out right now on the Switch in North America. Obviously, it's, the Switch isn't region locked, so uh, you can get it anywhere, but you've got to use a North American eShop account. Uh, but it will be out uh, by the end of March uh, in Europe and Australia. Um, so keep an eye out for that if you are not in America. Um, you can find uh, Membrane on Twitter at Membrane Game. Um, you can also find me in the in the profile for, for Membrane there. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Feel free to reach out. We love talking to, to fans or friends and colleagues, whoever, uh, about Membrane or about anything else, uh, games or, or food-related as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's uh, I love hearing from people, so don't hesitate to reach out for for any any reason.
0: That's great. So you heard it. Go buy this game. It's nine ninety nine on on the store, correct? E shop nine ninety nine. Yeah. Yep. yep. Nine ninety
2: nine.
0: So nine ninety nine. I mean, it really, if you're a fan of, I mean, all of these things, shrines from Breath of the Wild, uh, yeah. Super Meat Boy, I think that the art style and music kind of has a Hotline Miami feel to it. Nice. Um, you know, th- there's plenty of comparisons, but nothing that really just nails down what this game is. Screenshots are not going to do it justice. Go watch a video, go play a demo, go steal your friend's Switch, download it on their account, <laughs> spend their money, yeah. and then see if you like it, and then go buy it on your own Switch.
2: Yeah, that would um, be great.
0: Yeah, it would be great. But I, I can't speak highly enough about the game. Seth, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming down, spending some time with us. Um, And that's all we got this week.
2: Awesome, yeah, thank, thank you.